Hello. Hello. How are you? Good afternoon, Dan. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty. Well, let me let me answer your question. Good. I'm doing fine. Good. Yeah. Five by five. Nice. <sighs> it's gotten chilly. Oh yeah. Like how cold does it get up there? Well, you know, cold for here, where it gets into the uh, 30s and 40s, and that's pretty darn cold. We're, we have a very delicate composition here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like it's like in Florida, where it gets to be like, you know, September or October, and everybody acts like it's the Arctic tundra. Yeah, it got, it got into the 20s here, uh, low 20s, which is really, really cold, and not at all what anyone here is ready for or wants. Does it ever snow there? Yeah, yeah, very occasionally. It it snows more like up north in in Dallas than in here in Austin, but it has it has snowed once in the like 6 years I've been here. You're kidding. Yeah, it's very it, Wow, it, that's that's a real that's a real rarity here. You don't get like a pile up of snow or anything, but it's snow snow will be falling and land on the ground, but mm, how often does that happen there? Very, very rare that snow even hits the ground. Let's learn about snow yeah. in the San Francisco Bay Area. You know, the climate here is very strange. Uh, let's see. 2011, snow falls on San Francisco after a 35-year wait. Wow. A wait. Like that was wait. actively happening. Mm-hmm. Clock's running the whole time. Tick tock. <laughs> Tick tock. I've got a, uh, got a handful of things here that I, I haven't uh, talked to you about this, but various things to, to, that we could talk about this week. All right. Sounds like you've got a. <laughs> I have a lovely email to share. Yes. Sounds like you got okay. All right. Sounds like Dan, Dan has an email that he would like to discuss. Did I? Uh, I'm not talking out of school here. Did you get a new phone? I got a new phone. Yeah. People don't listen to the show. They don't know about your uh, they don't, new phone. Uh, little guy tweeted me and he, I said, "You haven't listened to the shows, have you?" He said, "No, I have not." I said, "Go little get guy. caught up, man." He, he said, "I'm working." Six months. <laughs> I know. Six months. He'll never hear a, this. He'll hear this in lot, six months. That's a lot to catch up on. <laughs> Um, we, uh, we had some yet more, I don't want to address this at length, but we got some more, uh, thought provoking, um, and diverse feedback about the, uh, the Apple talk. Right. I got a couple recommendations. We can go any direction. Do you want to start with your, uh, your email you're excited about? <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited about this. Dan, Dan, have people been emailing you? I do. I get a lot of emails. I get a lot of emails. Uh, but I'm only, on, I'm only on one show. So, like, I only see, I'm, I'm seeing a very uh, thin slice of the pie. Mm. You're the entrepreneur. You're the one that gets the email. I get the emails, I guess. I guess that's the, uh, the price. Yeah, the price, uh. the price of entrepreneurship. <laughs> 24 steps I took to be a millionaire by 24. Right. Uh, so, I got this email, and I get so many of these. I get these five a day, at least. This is from someone, I won't, I won't, I won't say the person's name. Well, I will. But there, it's from a company called, or a, you, an email address from Leadfly. Leadfly. The leads Lead are weak. You're weak. No, you're weak. <laughs> so I already, just looking at the email address, Leadfly. Leadfly. That doesn't inspire that it's a legit thing to me. You know what I'm hmm. saying? Like it doesn't, like it leads, anything with the word leads in it, Leadfly makes me think they're selling, they're out selling leads. There's a lot of directions you could go with that. <laughs> maybe we'll maybe we'll circle back to that in a minute. Right. But yeah. yeah, my my name is Ilan Patel. I think it's probably Elon. Elon Patel. I'm a web developer based out of New York City, and I think I may have created the breakthrough product semicolon or service semicolon. But I will mm. let you be the judge 
of it as opposed to feeling entitled to anything. With that hmm. said, I thank you for your time even reading my email. And that's pretty much the end of the note, right? Yeah, we, it goes three or four more paragraphs, but there's no reason to read anymore. There's a bulleted list in there, then there's another five, six paragraphs. You're leaving out the part about his journey. My journey began a few months okay. ago. <laughs> uh, anyway, it goes uh, on and on and on. And but, you know, the, 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 okay, so I don't want to, I don't want to, you've already called out this person by name. I don't want to humiliate them. But, but I love this particular kind of request for something that reads as though it's a personal revelation where it's like, it's like, it's like so Elon was having a deep and deep and uh, deep and dreamless slumber and goes, Oh my God. Oh my God. That app that I've been working on. I, 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 I think it might be a breakthrough. Yeah. I think I, I, I just realized, I just realized this thing that I took the time to program mm -hmm. in one click. I can get Google ranking plus review snippets. I don't even remember putting that in. Yeah. Yelp ranking and review snippets. It's there. I did it's, that. Still, it's in there. Grubhub, Zomato, Foursquare, BBB, Glassdoor, Yellow Pages, Facebook, TripAdvisor. I don't even remember doing that. I need to contact Dan Benjamin. Of all people, Dan's the guy who's going to make, really make this happen for me. Pretty awesome, I thought to myself, semicolon. Wait, I'm going to find out how many semicolons are in oh, this. there's email, a lot. Just for reference. There's a yeah. lot. Um, so here's the thing. He doesn't address it to me. He said, it's just good evening. Good, good, e good, good evening. evening. Yes. That's how it starts. It doesn't say Dan or DB or yeah. any other names I've been called. Just good evening. And so I, I replied to it, which is one word, unsubscribe. Because it's clear to me that this was, I'm on a list of people that he has sent this to. Yeah. And he replies and says, unsubscribe, question mark? This hmm. isn't a mailing list, dot, dot. Now, I have a problem with the dot, dot. It's not an ellipsis, which is three dots. Oh, that's, that's, that's two periods. That's not punctuation. Right. And I, that upsets me. That upsets me at a very serious level when someone does just the two dots. And my takeaway from that is one of two things. It's, Either, it's neither fish nor fowl, Dan. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got, you got one period. Mm-hmm. You're either an adolescent girl or somebody who's writing a sentence. Right. Right? You get three periods. Now, technically, I so use what is it? Second, option, but, option yeah. semicolon. That mm -hmm. makes an ellipsis. Mm -hmm. That's a proper ellipsis. Mm -hmm. Are people making proper ellipses? I think they're not. No. I think they're putting a bunch of dots until they're satisfied. This isn't a mailing list, dot, dot. Dot, dot. I'm an actual human being, comma. Oh. Hmm. Thanks for the kind reply to my email, which I wrote personally to you guys, semicolon, new mm. line, new line. Consider yourself, quote, unsubscribed. Unquote, oh, God. You're using, see, you're using it wrong. You're using it wrong. Oh. He continuously works on it daily. <laughs> but so here's the thing. He says that he wrote personally to you guys, but yeah. it was not, now it was not to the back to work email address or to one of the other shows that I do that we have a special email address for that. This I got is, it. I got it. I got the lead fly on the uh, back to work address. You did? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, then I, did, I didn't even see that. It just seems like it came, usually it comes to a different one, but yeah. Okay. My bad. Yeah. My mistake. It's okay. Um, what a journey. I know. He's been on a big journey. First, he included Google, Yelp, Facebook, and Yellow Pages, semicolon. Yeah. 20, 26 semicolons. 26. 
26 semicolons. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad you got this too. I feel a little better about that. So the you guys was actually, but. He says, even if you do not decide to post, feature, or even mention it, I would still love to hear your opinion on this idea. Now, what do you think? Do you want to give him some opinions on the idea? I mean, you seem you seem in a better state of mind than I do about this. Perhaps you could give him your take on it. Yeah. I don't want to be well, first, too hard. First, first of all, when you're writing a personal email to somebody that you don't know, don't use 26 semicolons. Don't have it be something like 11 paragraphs. Right? I mean, it's you know? a long, it's a long email. It's, it's, it's a, it's a very long personal email that he bespoke, just a bespoke email that he wrote just to, so, you know, another thing is when you're mentioning the part with your features, don't have it be in a different typeface because yeah. that looks, that looks like it was not a personal email. Yeah. Looks like there mm-hmm. was a cut and paste happening. Yeah. The other thing is if you're sending somebody a tool that is essentially a tool designed, I think to improve your SEO or to learn about your SEO. I think that's what this is. Mm-hmm. You know, he's building a platform for business owners. So I, I mean, <laughs> he's a VoIP engineer. So anyway, uh, you know, you know what this is? It's just, it, this is business, Dan. This is, this is how, this is, this is the, this is the life that we have chosen. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I feel bad beating up on this particular person. Um, but, um, I get you know, so many emails like this though. Do you yeah. get as many as I get? Do you get more? No, I, I, I don't. I don't at all. And I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, I'm not trying to be unkind to another person, but he, this person is not treating you like a person. Right. And I think it's a little disingenuous, at least for us to be even having this discussion. It is, let, let me just go back to something we've talked about before. And I, I want you to really think about this. I want everybody out there who is a listener to think about this. What if everybody was doing what I was doing or put slightly differently what if 10 times more people did this than currently do this? Would that improve the situation for people? We're not, we're not talking about kindness. We're not talking about charity. We're not talking about like anonymously being a good human being. We're talking about bugging strangers about your business in a way that benefits you and does not benefit them. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. What happens if 10 times more people do that before you do something and get all high and mighty and pissed from the high ground about how you want to share your journey with a stranger because you think that they're another human being who needs to know about it. Don't be a dick. I mean, no. we're, we're, we're being, we're being a, a reflexive second order dick here because you have to dig through a lot of this stuff. You know, uh, we mentioned this partly because listeners tell us sometimes they think this is funny to hear about. I'm not sure. I, I don't, I don't mean to shame these people, but we also then, you know, first principles, Clarice, if these people listen to the program, they would not send these emails. And that is what makes it funny. If they listen to even one episode of this program, we're now at 7,850 episodes. If they listen to almost any episode, just one episode in a given month, they would know that we think that this is silly and we're we're a little bit making fun of them for for doing it. So I I think it is really disingenuous to, and I feel like a fool even having to say it, but I think it's a little, I think it's extremely disingenuous to act butthurt that somebody did not respond to your business email in the way that you liked. Yeah. This is probably this is probably a young person. He's having a journey. Maybe he's not sleeping well. VoIP seems like a very difficult thing to engineer. Yeah, and he's you know uh, trying to trying to help people with Yelp. So we got some other ones too. What were the other ones we got this week? We got we had a we had a couple uh, we had a couple real dingers this week. I might have deleted them already, but I yeah. I have this and this is what's interesting is 
this seems to be the new trend in the kind of spam that I'm getting. Whereas I still get a lot of spam email that is clearly, I have been added to their list and they provide me with an unsubscribe link that I will click. And I've noticed that the mail app in Sierra has a little unsubscribe, like it'll find the unsubscribe link in your email and give you like a little unsubscribe button at the top of the email, which is something I'm very appreciative of. So I I make use of all of that. However, there's this new style of spam that I've been getting that is much like the email that we just shared where there is no unsubscribe button in it. It is sometimes it'll say, hey, Dan, other times it will just say, good evening, but it's, it is written in a way that is more like a person writing an email. And when I reply to ask them to unsubscribe, I get, I get the response very similar to this, which is, this is not a mailing list, but I will not send you any further email. How, what's the definition of a mailing list, though? If you're sending emails out to people that have not signed up for it, that haven't asked you for it, that you've never met personally, never talked to personally, that... that not clearly you haven't listened to their show or read their blog or whatever it is that it's clearly has nothing to do with the person that you're sending it to. And you're sending the same email to many, many, many different people. How is that not a mailing list? Because you're not using MailChimp to send it. I mean, is that how people different? If, if I'm right, sending an email that's unsolicited to a hundred people, that that list of people that is a mailing list, and I am spamming them. I don't. It doesn't even. I don't care if it's three people. Right. You know. It's, it, it's more. It's more like a bespoke spam. Right. You know. I mean. I, I'm. I'm. What I'm about to say is not an invitation to do this with me. But but here's what here's what I will say. Um, if you. I, I mean, this is this is partly a personality and and preferences kind of thing. It's just yeah. just. I don't. I don't. I don't like asking people for favors and I'm very uncomfortable about asking strangers for favors. Now, whether that is a well-known person or not, if it's somebody that I don't know, I don't like to, I feel uncomfortable asking people to do things for me. And that's partly, yeah, honestly, that's partly because I'm uncomfortable when people do that to me. I feel like that puts me in a slightly awkward position that is, it is awkward and unscalable. But you know, if you, and again, I'm, I'm not saying to do this for me, but if you have an app that you want somebody to look at yeah. and provide feedback on, um, I would say first, talk to the people. If, if it's a question about, is this app good? How can I improve this? Talk to your pals. Like Talk to people you know. But I don't think that's what this is. I think this is, I want you to talk about my app. Okay, so I, I would just as soon not receive a lot of, hey, I just made this new Android app for tracking to-do lists. Uh, you know, would you talk about it or would you look at it? But here's what I will say. If somebody has made an app for the Mac or for iOS or it, it, it is a web app, here's a very simple way to, as they say, reach out to somebody. Hmm. Send a one paragraph email. You can send a one paragraph email that says, hi, and then you could say your nice thing. So if you have a nice thing, say the nice thing. Like you can even say something like, Hey, I used to really like this other thing you did, whatever. That's fine. That, that doesn't really matter as much as it seems like that matters. You know, I'm 50 that that's, that's not gonna, that's not gonna make me go spend two hours on your thing just because you liked 43 folders in 2004. But, but I do appreciate the compliment. What I will say is this, if you've got something and you want, want somebody to look at it and you really number one, keep it short. Okay. One paragraph. 
Number two, in that one paragraph, explain what this thing is and what feedback you need. Mm -hmm. And number three, send a code. Send a code for a free download. Send a code for a free account. Here's what I will say don't do. Don't send an 11-paragraph email with 26 semicolons in it asking somebody if they want to look at your app. How does that scale up? That does not scale up. That is, I think that is, it feels like you're being polite, but you're not. If you were really concerned about being polite and respectful, you wouldn't have sent the email. If you're going to send the email, make it easy on the person. And then the implicit number four is don't expect a response. Like, you know, email is so great and it's so democratic, but I mean, just for myself again, like there's a lot of times where I will address, for example, a tweet to somebody. I don't expect them to respond to it. Sure. You might, anybody who has the poor taste and sense to follow me on Twitter will know I frequently don't use a Twitter handle when I'm talking about somebody. And it's not because I'm trying to subtweet, as they say. It's because I don't want them to have to have it on their radar screen. Sometimes I want to talk about somebody or talk about a thing without invoking them to have to respond to it. I think that's weird. I think it's weird and it's random and it's, it's kind of gross. And so anyway, I'm, I'm just ranting at this point, but if you, if you want to, if you want to be effective about this, like, you know, maybe the time to get feedback about your app is not while you're promoting it. The time to get feedback about your app is while you're developing it. And then if you, if you want to promote it, I mean, I guess that's a different kind of thing, but I would not expect a response from strangers about that. And I think your longevity as a business person and a human is going to be a lot more tenable if you don't take stuff like that personally of somebody saying, Hey, look, you know, this is a personal email address. I don't do anything with PR. Mm-hmm. Why am I explaining this to you? If somebody came as if it was Christmas morning and somebody came and knocked on your door and wanted feedback on the vacuum cleaner they happened to have with them, you'd say, that's not appropriate. Like, why are, why are you here? But it's okay to do that because email is free and easy. And now you're the dick. And I, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I've become loath to be in that situation. My, my response for the all the times we were not talking about this on the air is I just ignore it. Yeah. But that that hurts people's feelings and it seems like you're a meanie because they worked hard on this and he's having a journey. Well, I mean, he... And this is the thing, like I've built stuff and I've launched stuff and you want people to see the thing that you made, right? Like you want people to... You've worked hard on it. You want the right... Because it, it, it is really true that if the right person sees it, or the right person talks about it or tweets it or whatever, that that could make all the difference in the world for the success yes. of, of your business. And it really is true. I remember a friend of mine had built a, um, a website that was doing pretty well. And it had been doing well for a few years. And then a celebrity was interviewed. Uh, maybe it was in a magazine article or on TV or something. And the celebrity, they were asked, oh, what are your five favorite websites or something? And he listed it among that, among the three or four that he named off. And his website went, and this was years ago when like websites were a thing, but it went from being a pretty good site to a huge site. And it's been huge ever since. And like, literally that's all it took was one mention by the right person in the right situation. And like, I really understand that. And I certainly understand the frustration of having something that you've built that you think is pretty great and that you show to some people and those people think it's pretty great. 
And it's not, why doesn't everyone know about this? Why isn't everyone using it? If it's so great, which I think it is, why aren't there a hundred thousand people all using this thing? Why is there only a hundred or all a thousand or whatever? And I certainly understand that. And I think there are people who are trying to use the resources that they have to promote the thing that they've done, which is to say, I don't have very much money. How can I get this out in front of a lot of different people? Well, there is this email thing. And if I write it, yeah. and I know this guy's thought process, it's simple. He doesn't want it to look like a mailing list. He wants it to be a personal thing. He wants it to look like he wrote the email to us. Well, he, of course he didn't write it to us. It's an, no. it, For him to imply that is it's an, an, an insult to our intelligence. Of course we know that. Not, it, oh, oh, really? You wrote it to, just to us? Just to me and Merlin? Just for the... Oh, well, it's like, man, it's like what a jerk off, it's I like am. Off running off flyers for your punk rock show and getting mad somebody didn't like have it framed. Yeah. It's, it's like, well, you know, I mean, but I, I, I want to, I want to try and apply this uh, to myself in terms of my, my, my own praxis for, for doing things. I'm just trying to think of examples of this where, I mean, like, for example, like I really like the author, Neil Gaiman. Um, I mean, I don't think I've met his wife and had a very nice conversation with her, but I don't think, Neil Gaiman has any idea who I am. Right. I am acquainted with a lot of people that Neil Gaiman knows. Why am I saying all of this? There is no reason in the world for Neil Gaiman to know who I am, even mm-hmm. though I know who he is and I really like his work. So, you know, because I like his work, does that mean that, that like when I have a new podcast, I should contact him and say, hey, Here's a here's a paragraph of throat clearing about how with certain prompting you might be able to figure out what I do and who I am. Right. But oh, oh b- by the way I know John Hodgman so you should obviously treat accord a lot of respect to me. <laughs> right. He was John in, he was in a, me. Mo- was in a movie me. about your thing so you definitely know who I am. You know I used to do the show called You Look Nice Today and John anyway you probably are familiar with it. Give me up. So do I go out and I con just because I like Neil Gaiman and I like do I go out and like contact him and say like uh hey can you set aside three hours to listen to John Syracuse and me uh, talk about whatever suits us like that I know it's different but it's not that different all of those people are people mm-hmm. and it's they all have stuff going on they all have good days and bad days and you know if it's if if it's somebody at the verge which I think is a website mm-hmm. and, and your verge site is very interested in finding out um, about the latest cable and you have a new cable. You could send it to the address where you give them information about new cables. Yeah. But like, you know, don't, don't email the weatherman cause you didn't like the rain. That's strange. <laughs> Here's the thing, Dan, what I want you to do is I want you to sit down and look in her eyes and say, if there's any tornado right now, it is the cyclone of our love. It has leveled an, an entire literal trailer park in my soul. And, and what I want to do is I'm going to make that right for you. We'll be back in a minute. We haven't had a visit for Dr., from Dr. Phil no, in a while. He's, I missed him. I missed him yeah. so much. He brought out, uh, he trotted out, uh, what's her name? Shelly Duvall. Shelly Duvall. Did you see that? Nope. I will not watch things like that. I saw it in Twitter moments and then I hit the X because it made me sad. Knowing already what she went through with Stanley Kubrick, mm. ugh. I mean, anyway, I, the the interest that I have in that is simply like I I always I always liked her. I always thought she was a great actress. 
She's so real. I was watching her rea- I, the scene again in um, in The Shining very, very recently, within just a few days ago. Uh, her reaction scene when he's chopping through the door. It's just, uh. it's terrifying. And it's terrifying all because of her expressions and her reactions to it. That She's not pretending to be scared. She is, she is as a human being, yeah. like you are watching the experience of somebody dealing with an impossibly terrifying experience in a way that does not feel like acting. Yeah. She's utterly unhinged. That's amazing. I mean, but even the, the scenes of her just sitting there and talking to Doc and smoking a butt, like she, <laughs> she, I really buy her. I do too. As the person in that scene. And it, it makes me, you know, concerned. And what, what's, I feel like if, if, if whatever has happened to her, whatever problem that, problems that she has, I feel like if they ha- happen to her, like, well, then they could happen to anybody somehow. And that's the part of it that it makes yeah. me uncomfortable and want to, like, I want to know in the same way that if you told me like, oh, my, my, you know, my daughter got a cold, I'd be like, oh, how's she doing? Like, I care how she's doing. You know, I yeah. want to know that she's all right. It's like that. And, and so my, I felt that way about Joni Mitchell when Joni Mitchell went through the whole thing with the Morgelons and it was like, oh, it's I don't just know about breaking. that. Yeah. Yeah. It broke my heart because, you know, she's she Joni Mitchell has a very special place in my life. And I that just you're just like, oh, there's 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 knowing that somebody, you know, it's hard. You know, people get older and that, and that's hard. She's getting older. Yeah. She's she's having this problem. And now everybody's talking about it. And it's just the whole package is just it's so gross. And like you just think about all of the people who've never sat down and listened to blue, <laughs> you know, 120 times over, over 20 years. And the first thing they learn about Joni Mitchell is that she thinks she has mushrooms growing out of her skin. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit. that's so, that just, that just hurts my heart. And the way that they paraded her, paraded, um, Shelley Duvall around. Um, oh, can, can I propose a closure and a, and a pivot here? Yes, please. Closure number one, having said all of that, hi. Uh, we are Dan and Merlin. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we also have been getting, I can't even keep up with how much amazing, nice email we've been getting, especially mm-hmm. this thing that I still have not done bad on me. I've still not collected all of the wonderful books people have recommended. And these are some, man, you talk about getting a good long email. We've gotten so many really nice, thoughtful emails. I'm bracketing this here. Please. If you have the time to write us a wonderful email about what your kids love. Thank you. Yeah. Like I, Love that. That is the best. Um, and so bet on me, maybe after the first of the year, I'll finally get around to that. But I, I do want to say, like, you know, I I feel bad because I, I don't want to sound like a dick about this. But I also want people to like think about what they're doing and, and how it affects other people in that particular way. And like, you know, whether you want to be the person who does that. So that's I'm going to offer that as closure there. Um, the Shelley Duvall thing reminds me of something I really, really want to recommend to people. May I recommend this? Please. John Moe. Uh, is a guy that I like a lot who has done, he did that show Wits on public radio. He's done all kinds of uh, different uh, public radio things. He's a very funny guy, worked in lots of stuff. If you're in a, you know, like a public radio nerd, you know John Moe. John Moe also uh, co-hosted um, uh, that show with Mike Eagle about Adventure Time that I really liked. Oh, I remember you told me about that. Yeah, John Moe's just the best. John Moe has a new show that is... I feel like it's it's just unmissable, and it is out. It has had two episodes, and the show is called "The Hilarious World of Depression." Mm. John Moe um, 
this is boy, this is it's real. It's it's funny, but it is raw. Uh, John has depression and has struggled with it for a long time, and basically he's coming out and saying like, I'm a, I'm a funny person with depression. This is this is what that means. It is it is it is not candy coated. It is it is not always pretty. But the angle on it is he goes out and there's been two two full episodes since it came out. And he goes out and he talks to very funny people who also struggle with depression or have depression, however you want to put it. But but people where depression is a part of their life and they're also people who are committed to doing funny things for their job. And it's fascinating and it is, I mean, it's sad's the wrong word, but it's very human and but also very funny. But I don't know. I just, I said this the other day on Twitter, but like if there's, if you have any problems where you struggle with your brain, whatever way, like you might want to check out this show because you you might even find it a little bit inspirational, but I think you're going to find something very empathetic in this show. The two episodes that have been out so far are just terrific. Uh, The first episode is with Peter Sagal, who is, uh, you might know as the host of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. The um the quiz show on NPR, and man, that one is a that one is a dinger. The one that came out yesterday, um, with one of my all time favorite comedians, Maria Bamford, uh, just paint peeling what Maria Bamford has been through. If you like Maria Bamford, you know her comedy, and you know that her mental illness uh, struggles, um, have have been a big part of her act. But um, she goes into a lot more detail that I had not heard about. Anyway, I just I just want to recommend it. You know, every time of year can be a bad time of year, but especially around the holidays. You it's know, tough it can for a lot be of people. It's very tough. I think it's a little tough for everybody. But um, go and check it out. I'll put it into show notes. Uh, John Moe, the hilarious world of depression. Um, really, really highly recommend it. I'll put that into show notes. Do you um? Would, Tell you, you where take- they are. Sure. Five by five TV slash B is in brothers. Two is in the number W. As in the walrus slash three zero three for the show notes for this holiday special. Hot in this room. Oh, this is this is the new. Yeah, up in the new. New one. Still hot. How's it going? How's it going in the new place? It's warm. Primarily, the primary uh, performance characteristic is warm. Yeah, it's nice and cool outside today. It's in the fifties, and in here, I'm. It's uh, almost 80, 80 degrees in here. Oh, I don't ever want it to be almost eighty degrees inside of anything. Yeah. How about how about if I'm taking a hot shower inside? The hot shower can be above eighty degrees. Anywhere else, seventy-two hmm. degrees. I want 80 degrees to be something that I choose. Yes. And, and, and B, where I've got an out. Yes. 80, yes. 80 degrees is like where you're feeling your forehead. Like your forehead is like, Ugh. you know what I mean? Ugh. Where you're like, my face is hot. I'm not liking this. Mm-mm. Yeah. Do what, have you ever get established a baseline temperature for yourself? Like uh, taking your, you, you know, with a highly accurate digital thermometer or perhaps even a basal uh, thermometer, taking your temperature multiple times a day throughout the day to chart it and come up with an, uh, an average correct temperature for you based on the time of the day over the course oh, of, of course three to six i months. mean has hasn't everybody i mean you'd be surprised really oh well obviously i was very surprised at several junctures and doing it over a series of years i'm, I'm perhaps like a you know every eight or ten minutes is, is a good way to get it no 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 uh, I, I i'm aware that you have done something like this yeah. and that you are you are low on temperature yeah i'm a little i run a little cooler than so i feel like if if it's warmer, maybe I'm feeling it even more. So like if somebody's 
normal temperature is let's just say like 98.6 yeah which is typical but not normal necessarily like even that 98.6 if it's 99 degrees it's going to be warm to you but if i'm a degree cooler than you it's a degree warmer for me think about that oh boy i hadn't thought about that see so if it's 80 degrees in here to you that's going to feel like 81 82 oh it's worse for you it's a sliding scale that's right it's like when you donate to a museum yeah okay um, and that leads me to, uh, I hadn't thought of this till you said that, but here's a, here's another thing to check out. Um, Freakonomics radio, which turns out I like more than I thought I would. It's a really good podcast. Freakonomics radio just completed a three part series that I really recommend called bad medicine. Um, uh, how do they describe it? We tend to think of medicine as a science, but for most of human history, it's been scientific ish at best. Um, and so these three episodes cover three different major things about where science and medicine haven't always matched up. The first one for you, Dan, it's called the story of 98.6. Interesting. I must hear this. This is right up my alley. Well, it's going to really interest you because there's like turns outs and turns outs where like the, the, I don't want to spoil it. Cause no, I see it right. I, listen to I'm it? putting a link in here for it's in the notes. I put it in. Oh, notes, thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to spoil it for you cause it's a hell of a story, but basically the, um, the the desire to find out what the average or normal temperature uh, people have. I mean, the story behind it is very interesting. And there are some very intriguing and unforeseen problems with how it was conducted to where the 98.6 seems like a, it's pretty crazy that it's still around today because of some methodological things that are pretty surprising. Mm. It even involves the Mütter Museum. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Mood, have you ever mood, been to the Mütter Museum? You've been there, right? That's when you're uh, a kid, you probably went the Franklin Institute, the Mütter Museum. Like, yeah, it's there in Philadelphia. It's that it's the crazy um, science uh, yeah. museum with like the stuffing uh, jars. Yeah, I've always wanted to go there. I've heard it's really weird. Yeah, it's, I don't. I I didn't go there as much as some of the other ones, but it's um, if my, if I'm remembering it, I'm wondering that's is it was it the Franklin Museum and it's changed or is it? Am I thinking of a, the different different one? It had jars. It had uh, stuff in jars that had a human heart. Is that the same one? The big heart? Uh, the Mütter Museum, I mean, it's a real horror show. I mean, like when you go in there, they've got all kinds of like super creepy like medical anomalies and stuff. I think you'd remember it. I think it's pretty scarring. Uh, maybe I didn't see it. Got skulls. Look at um, that. I got a whole wall full of skulls. Oof. Go Google. M-U-T-T-E-R. Oh, brother. Somebody with a horn coming out of their forehead. See, that's Jiminy a thing. Christmas. That's a thing. Oh, what? you know what? No. I have yeah. not been to this. Whoa, yeah. it's freaking me out. This is right up my alley. How did yeah. I not go to this? Thanks, Mom. You know, and she only ever gave you chicken breast. That's what she'd put down there. It's like, here, have some chicken. I thought that's what chicken was. Finally get a normal. chicken leg, and I'm like, wait a minute. Who's been hiding the thighs? The this thigh is, is a strong piece. There's some disturbing imagery in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm full of good suggestions today. You like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they were Siamese and the only yes. thing that keeping them together was that little bit of skin, why couldn't they have cut through that? Or was there like an I've intestine going it. through it? Could be an intestine. It could be a blood thing. Could be a conveyance for blood. Oh, imagine how frustrating that would be. It would like being having a, having a scab you can't pick off, except that it attaches you to your brother. <sighs> now, you know, Chang and Ang Bunker, they had many children. You know about this, right? Archie and... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Veronica. Veronica. Bunker. 
Chang and Ang Bunker, the titular Siamese twins, we call them conjoined twins now. Chang and Ang Bunker. Okay. You, you remember them from Guinness, right? Yeah. You know, the famous... This Sorry, is the I'm picture, just looking the famous, at these pictures. I'm just, I'm like looking at No, these. I understand. I understand. So Chang and Ang Bunker, uh, born 1811, died 1874. Oh, they died in Mount Airy. That's where, uh, that's the basis of any uh, Andy Griffith show. Um, uh, attached, as they say, at the waist. And you know, this is like, when you think of, I, I, I realize this is an old, old term, but when, when I was a kid, you would call them Chinese. Uh, <laughs> wow, it's just getting worse. It's getting worse. Siamese. Yeah. It's called a it's called a Ching Chong Bing Bong pairing, right? <laughs> and um and so uh they, they used to say Siamese twins because uh, they're from uh, Siam now now what you call Thailand, and uh, you ready for this? They were married to each other. They no 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 that's not legal in North Carolina. Oh. Um, you have uh, you have Chang and Ang. Uh, they were married. Chang was married to Adelaide. Ang was married to Sarah. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, Chang and Adelaide had 11 children. Wow. Sarah and Ang had 10 children. The conjoined twins had 21 children. That's crazy. Are you really thinking about this, Dan? Because I think you're not really no, thinking I'm about thinking, this. I'm thinking about That's, it. That, that is, you know, especially, especially God bless it, for North Carolina, that is some very high-level thinking that gets you to, to conjoined twins uh, having enough intercourse to produce 21 children. That, you know what that is? That's really understanding boundaries. Cause like, I, I mean, you're probably not allowed to touch the other lady, no, even no. though it's kind of you. you. I mean, how do you, you, do, do you talk about bit. that? Do you think they talk about that? They didn't touch them a little bit. Okay. Cause it's technically the same person. It's the same person. Call it HB 51. Um, it's very, very complex. Thing. If you're then, sharing a body with someone else. Yes. There's no, it's one. Hand, how do they tell what the difference is? One hand is the other hand, whatever. So what? Yeah. Chang goes east and goes west. <laughs> so what? I mean, it's, but think about that. Like, how are you going to say, well, yeah. will you stop touching me? How can we have a child if I stop touching you? No, the other you. Oh, I know. Imagine they're sitting in the back of the car seat, like poking the other one. Stop touching me. I'm not touching you. Or that, have you ever me. done the thing? I want you to do this to your kids. All everyone who has right. a kid do this. You okay. go up to your kid. They'll never forgive you. You go up to your kid and you take, you have to say, put, stick your arm out. Because they put their arm out. And then you take, you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch you. I'm going to put my finger over your palm. And, uh, and you tell me when I'm touching you. And so yeah. you hold with your, your left hand, you grasp their arm just so, as if you are steadying it. And then you hold your other pointer finger up over their palm. And you say, am I touching you? And they'll say, mm. no. I say, am I touching you now? And they'll say, no. I say, am I touching you now? And they'll say, no. And then you gently squeeze their arm with the other hand that's been touching them the whole time. Never forgive you for that. Hmm. That sounds a little bit like a like an Apollo Robbins move. Do you also take their watch? Oh no, that guy, he's the best. You showed me him. He's the best. Oh, I guess I can't stop. Family photo of Chang and Eng. In 1870, Chang suffered a stroke. Oh, that's horrible. His health declined. He also began drinking heavily. Chang's drinking did not affect Eng as they did not share a circulatory system. So one gets drunk, one doesn't. Well, in that case, why didn't they separate each other from each other? No, I think they share. I'm not, I can't read this whole Wikipedia article, but what did they share? God, this is fascinating. I mean, honestly, this is, this is just, wow. 
they could move. We they had it in a nice way. They could move around around each other. It's not like they were connected at the head or at you know. It, it was just sort of like a piece of skin on their rib or something. Like, this is you know. not no. Go look it up. It's not a piece of skin. They're they're good and conjoined. Um, funny thing. Last night we watched uh, we watched uh, the movie Home Alone. Yes, and it was like it's very was like, popular in our household. Um. <laughs> He Kevin's got so many good lines in that. Just his little like throwaway lines when he when he says grace while he's eating the macaroni and cheese. It's so funny. Um, you know what's weird? Uh, I'm not the first person probably to to point this out, but I was like, hmm, I wonder when this movie came out. And then I thought, hmm, I wonder what year Goodfellas came out. Turns out, Home Alone and Goodfellas came out the same year. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. Really? Didn't, win, did, didn't didn't get an Oscar for either. Okay, it looks get, like their liver went through it. Uh, a, a, a liver, a liver runs through. A, it. A, <laughs> oh no, 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 no! Oh, the show that has to be air. the title. That has to be the title. Okay. Oh, Joe God, Pesci. Merlin, no, mm. no. That's Brad Pitt, right? Was, uh, that the, was that the fishing movie? Yeah, that's the one where he's. Um, there were two, both with Brad Pitt, and I think... There's one that has Native Americans. Right. There's the one where uh, there's a river runs through it, and there's... Last of the Mohicans? No, no, no. Uh, it's going to... A river runs through it is the one where he's uh, shooting the... Shooting the shoots, or whatever, where he goes down the thing, and a mm. whatever. Um, but then there's another one with him, with the Indians, that is uh, better. How am I not remembering? Grace. 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 What's the name of the uh the Brad Pitt film? Brad Pitt film Legends of the Fall. Legend, thank you. Legends of the Fall. That's where he fights the bear. That's got Aiden Quinn Big and bear. it's got uh Dr. Ford in it also. You ever seen that movie with uh with Defending Your Life with Rip Torn in it? That's a good movie. And he's he's talks about Is Rip Torn in this? No. Oh. But I'm thinking bear. I, I like Defending Your Life. It's it's uh that's a good movie. Still holds up. It's a very strange movie. It's got that's got Meryl Streep in it. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm. Brad Pitt, Anthony Hopkins, got Dr. Ford. You heard a theory once about the human intellect. It's like peacock peacock feathers. Oh, Julia Ormond. Nothing wrong with that. Tantu Cardinal. Christina Pickles. Or Pickles, <laughs> as you say. <laughs> All right. Hmm. Uh, plot keyword plot, plot keywords USA epic passion heart Canadian whiskey yeah it looks like the liver legends of the fall that's mm. a great movie ever oh so sad though try to mm. watch that and not cry that's no good speaking of sad okay. have you seen the new uh, the new Star Wars um we um are going to we have tickets to see it on Friday I loved that movie my nine-year-old son loved that movie Keep my expectations low, por favor. No, you're no? gonna love. You are going to love this movie. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because you right. just are. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's so good. Okay. All right. I'll. I'll. You know. I'll report back. Um. I don't know. Are we recording next week? I don't even know. I would um, like to. Yeah. It's up to you. I don't know if, where I'll be. Um, um Human- okay. is it humanity horse week <laughs> we had i almost made another movie the other day <laughs> for 
for some, you know, um, school is out and my daughter's been amazing. She's been so good finding things to do, Hmm. you know, keeping herself occupied. But one thing we've been doing, this is going to sound really weird is we broke out the Thomas train stuff like the old, you know, those wooden tracks, those generic tracks, and then you get Thomas trains and we, we changed the batteries. These like three of the engines, the motorized engines still work. Uh, they never worked that well, but we've been making, you know, we've been uh, having fun building train tracks that we used to do when she was like three or so four. Fun. It's really fun. But um, there's one where James, poor James fell off the track and he, he he just was real, real gamely training across the carpeting. He trained across the whip floor and he finally made it over to the bed and he's just trying to get somewhere and just. <laughs> Eventually, poor James falls over and just like it's a very humanity horse moment. Oh, and you didn't you didn't capture it though? No, I mean you got to keep something special. Humanity horse. We should uh, bring that back. We should. uh, There's the return of humanity horse. What was originally called? Maladroit Cheval, I think. (laughs) Maladroit Cheval. Hmm. Oh yeah, there it is. Oh, look at that. You got it? Yeah, I got it. You want to put it in here for you? Yes. All right. Love that. I'll put it, is Skype okay? Yes. Oh, God. It's brutal. There, there it is. Look at it go. Should I play it? Sure. All right, hold on. Clicking. Safari's launching. I actually got to play it on the other one so that, I mean, this part will be, we'll edit all this out. That's fine. We'll edit this show, but this part of the show will never, no one will hear this. I can just, I'm clicking on that. Click over here. Go to this one. Open that one. It's the sound of it that's, I think, I remember so vividly. Yeah, it just keeps going. It really, it's it's it really is a little movie. It's it's a it's like a little well, French a, movie. It tells a story. It tells a story about humanity. <laughs> All right, here I think I got it. Let's see, Vimeo. <laughs> People tune in and they want to hear all of this. Yeah, thirty-one seconds. Here it comes. It's playing. So first, everything's going fine. Oh, the counter's in a little bit of trouble with the wall. That's okay. Keeps going. All right. Off track a little. It's okay. Everything's fine. Oh, my God. Mm. Keeps going. And when you were when you were setting up this shot, were you thinking yeah. tracking shot? Were you thinking dolly? What, how did you approach this? Uh, you know, it's like I always say, uh, you know, the best horse is the horse you have with you. <laughs> Just keeps going. Put that in show notes. Oh, it's in there. Got to, mm. got to have it in there. Um, we have a few little other things. It's the uh, holiday show. Quickly, you know, we. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to put this to bed. I think mostly for a while, but uh, we continue to get a couple more interesting um, notes from people about our discussion of Apple and how we feel about Apple and. Um, you know, again, I'm I'm going to call it not a lot of feedback, but between Twitter, email, and some offline things, I feel like it's close to two to one <laughs> of like the the one being like, oh my God, you guys, stop being such jerks about Apple. And the two being like, mm-hmm, 
Yeah. <laughs> Either from people who are like, you know, there, there's the folks who are like, look, you know, I've always been a PC person. I don't have any choice but to be a PC person. And like, I'm glad somebody's finally talking about this. I don't know if I agree with that, but that, that's a point of view. Yeah. And then the other people who are like, yeah, you know, like it's, it's, it's feeling like it's getting a little bit harder to do my legacy job with what's available. And yes, and, and, and to know that the roadmap seems so spotty is concerning. Did you see the uh, leaked Tim Cook uh, chat thing? I did see that. And I would like to talk about that if that's interesting to you. Oh boy, here we go. No, I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, uh, go ahead. You take this one. <clears throat> well, one of the things that, uh, well, in case people don't know what we're talking about, um, apparently there was a, a memo or an email or something that was leaked that where in which Tim Cook said, and I'm paraphrasing something along the lines of, don't worry. Well, I we, think, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but no, I, I believe, I believe it was a, a Q and a, an internal Q and a at Apple where people could ask Tim questions and he would answer. Okay. And that's, I think what was leaked was a, a portion of a kind of Reddit, like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, um, like somebody asked Tim a question and something like Tim or Tim bot, Tim AI, Tim, Tim PR, Tim 2017, um, response. He, and in this, he says something like, don't worry. Well, they, well, you know, tell them what, what the question was. Well, I, I mean, I want, now I want to get it exactly. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not very good at this. Uh, I'm learning too. We're both learning. Mm-hmm. It's a number error. Never error. I'll get it. I'm just, I'm clicking around. I got to click around mm-hmm. because I was, mm-hmm. I've been talking to people on Twitter about it. There it is. There it is. Okay. Tim Cook assures employees that, it, that Apple is committed to the Mac and great desktops are coming. And so here is the... I'll put this in the show notes too, but it was apparently an internal message board and they were asking Tim Cook about what the greatest differentiator is. And he was saying, it's our culture and our, our people he talks about the change the world attitude. And, um, and he says, um, make sure that I quote the right piece here. Uh, we had a big MacBook pro launch in October and a powerful upgrade to the MacBook back in spring, our Mac desktop strategic for us. And the answer is the desktop is very strategic for us. It's unique compared to note, the notebook because you can pack a lot more performance in a desktop, the largest screens, the most memory and storage, a great variety of IO and faster, fastest performance. So there are many different reasons why desktops are really important and in some cases critical to people. The current generation iMac is the best desktop we've ever made and it's beautiful Retina 5K display is the best, des- best desktop display in the world. Some folks in media have raised the question about whether we've committed to desktops. If there's any doubt about that with our teams, let me be very clear. We have great desktops in our roadmap. Nobody should worry about that. Right. To me, this doesn't, this is not even slightly reassuring. And I I was saying, not at all. I was saying to one of my friends on Twitter, um, I, I feel like Macs are an absolute necessity to Apple because Macs are what people use to build iOS apps. For now. For now. Very good point. <laughs> and for now, that's the, the only way or perhaps the only good or direct way to make iOS apps. And everything for Apple is about... about well, it's, it's unquestionably the only way right now. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, for people who are you know, who are listening to this saying, well, Apple hasn't given up on that. They have, I mean, it's, it's very clear to me. And I think very clear to a lot of people that the only real reason that 
Macs are around today is because they are a tool that developers need in order to create the things that make Apple a successful, a truly successful business. And yes, Apple would be, I think, a successful business if all they did uh, was make computers. They'd still be making a pretty, pretty nice living. But they don't. They make iPhones. And that's where everything... I just bought an iPhone again. And these are great devices and they're going to keep making them and that's what they're all about. And Macs make it possible for the iPhone to be successful. They're a tool. They're a part of the iPhone platform. And so that's why they exist and that's why they're around. And I don't think it's especially hard for Apple to continue to make computers. They've got that infrastructure, but they're not innovating anything really. I was reading something that was saying, here's what to expect for the iMac that'll come out in the first half of 2017. Uh, USB-C ports, that's the big prediction of what's coming to the iMac in 2017, is essentially small, slight CPU bump, maybe better graphics cards, and USB-C ports. So, you know, that's not innovation. And you know what? That's fine. We don't, I, I'm not sitting here looking for innovation from a computer right now. I think, I think computers are pretty good. I think they need to be faster. Great. But I'm not looking for huge innovation in the computer space. We've got a screen. We've got a keyboard and a mouse. Let's, let's make the operating system even better. Let's make the screens continue to get better. But for Apple to say, yeah, of course, expect things. Of course, we can expect things. They can't completely ignore it for you know, year after year after year and still claim that they make them. But Apple will only do the bare minimum that they need to do to just say that they've released something new. I don't <laughs> consider the touch bar an innovation. I mean, is it innovative? Yes, but it's not an innovation the way that uh, the touchscreen iPhone was an innovation. That's a big thing. Or the creation of something that's entirely new, like the iPad. The, enti- the iPad was entirely new. Yes, it was in 2001. Fine. But you know what I'm saying. No one was yeah. walking around with something like an iPad uh, and, until they made the iPad. No one had a phone that did or re- remotely resembled the iPhone until there was an iPhone. These are, these are big innovations. Adding a little touch strip where the escape key is not lined up with the rest of the keyboard, that's not an innovation to me. And showing tiny little thumbnails of, of things on it, it that's not innovative. That's, it's neat. It's, it's a feature. But that doesn't, that's, it's not like we're moving technology forward in some big way by having a, something like that on a, what I, I, I estimate as a, the, one of the worst keyboards uh, ever been made. Right. It's a bad it keyboard. It doesn't a, have MagSafe and it, you know, costs yeah, more. It costs, and, you know. So, you know what? There are people who love it. You love your MacBook Pro? Great. Like, I'm not trying to make you feel bad about your purchase. I'm glad you like it. You probably drive a car that I don't like, too. That's fine. We have different opinions. But you, you can't argue the fact that Apple has neglected and continued to neglect their computers, and they will continue to neglect it. And they will do the absolute bare minimum thing that they need to do to continue to make to the tools that you use to build for their platform. That's it. The Mac is a tool for you to use yeah. to build for their platform. And the day that they can get you to build apps in a different way on a different platform, the day that they can do that on iOS too, I think they, they would do it. I just don't think it makes sense. And I'm not, I don't do iOS app development anymore. So I wouldn't know how strange that would be to try to do something like that. But if you could tell Apple that they could make the Mac just go away and the people could still develop iOS apps somehow, they, I think they would do it. Um, in, in terms of the criminology of trying to read into what is and is not said, yeah, 
by Apple and you know what we can what you can glean, what you hear, and then how you parse it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just looked up the script from the the pilot episode of Seinfeld, which you know the show got better. But but one uh, one funny bit is when George discovers this this white discoloration, it's white discoloration, <laughs> yeah, some kind of a his so, lip. So, it's a white discoloration. Huh, it's, it's weird. It's like a discoloration. So he goes to the doctor and he says, cancer, is it cancer? And the doctor says, I don't know what it is. And he's like, hey. so Jerry says, how does it go? And he says, when I asked him if it was cancer, he didn't give me a get out of here. That's what I wanted to hear. Cancer, get out of get here. Get out of here. When you, how could you go to a doctor? And not, how could you be a doctor and not say get out of here? And what I think in this instance, what we're looking for from Apple is a get out of here. Yeah. When, when, when you say, boy, you know, you, when you're Marco and you're sitting there like, like knitting your fingers and like, and, and, you know, ready to like st- start carrying a sign around like, uh, you know, like Rorschach about the end of the world. Um, you have this feeling of like, look, you know, it seems like you're paying a lot less attention to this 10% of what you do. And, it really seems like you are not going to update the Mac Pro, which feels important. It feels important that the Mac Pro has now just, I think, just crossed its third anniversary of not getting an update. That feels important. Can you give us a get out of here about that? Like, are you actually really working? And is going to be, is there really something coming that's not just a nominal change to say that it's a change? We never got to get out of here on that. Yeah. Right. And, and the triggering part, I'll tell you what this really triggers me on. Do you remember, I mean, I know you haven't had that many corporate students jobs, but it's a terrible thing that happens when you're working somewhere. And, you know, maybe this is, could start with a bad feeling that you have about yourself, but it mostly comes from like noticing things. You notice that you, maybe your group is not, the kind of work your group is doing is not as interesting or important as it used to be. You know, maybe importantly, maybe there's been layoffs or like, you know, if there's been some layoffs, you know, the trend light is not good in the company. Right. And you've had that feeling. We've all had that feeling of, oh my God, I just, I know they're going to fire me. I can just, you know, I don't want to get fired. Like that's the last, the last thing I want is to be fired. But the second last thing I want is to live with this feeling that I'm probably going to get fired. Yeah. And it drives me crazy in some part of me as I'm tearing myself up day and night about this feeling. Part of what tears me apart is I really need this job. I want this job, but I hate the fact that they're not telling me what I already know, which is they're totally going to fire me. You know this feeling, right? Yeah, yes. And so I feel like when Tim Cook says something like that, it's somewhat tantamount to you going into your boss's office sobbing and saying, look, you know, I've got a mortgage, you know, I'm taking care of, you know, this sick person. Right. I mean, just, you know, is there anything you can tell me? Like, are you going to, are you going to fire me? Do you, because it really feels like you're going to fire me. And like, I just want to say, I love this job. I'll redouble my efforts. I'll, I'll take a pay cut if I have to, I'll do anything to keep this job because I really, really need this job. Right. And to me, the equivalent here is that boss going, oh yeah, you know, Business is is always a very invigorating environment. And I just have to tell you, we are very excited about the future of this company and feel we feel like some of the changes that we're going to be making in the coming months will do nothing but make this into a better, uh, a more competitive and much more, um, you know, uh, alive and vivid company. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank, thank you for sharing your concerns. Right, thanks. You want to get out of here. Yeah. You want the boss to go, oh my God, no. 
we're going to fire everybody else in the joint before we fire you. You're going to be the one who helps me shut off the lights, and then I'm going to go buy you a taco. Like, you <laughs> you are good here. Right. What you don't want to hear is them not answering the question. Do you, know, do you follow? Totally. Like somebody says, are you guys, I mean, even a, like so if, if you could ask a very specific question, such as, I mean, you can ask a general question, like, boy, it really seems like the, the company's uh, interest in creating a pro line of computers that are inarguably the most capable desktop computer in the world, that kind of seems like a thing in the past. That's a very general question. Like, I wonder if, if you asked Tim Cook the specific question, are, are, you, are you ever going to release another major release of, of a Mac Pro or something like a Mac Pro? And then he goes, well, we're very excited about the 5K. Yeah, that's, well, that's it's the, the kind of screen, answer he the gives. Best, the best. Well, and that's, that to me is like telling George, I see the discoloration, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. When you want to hear, I get out of here. So that's, you know, that's, uh, and so what does that mean? I mean, who knows what that means? And part of it, what it means is like, we're all walking around with this pent up feeling of like, girl, just tell us what the plan is, you know? But then when you, anyway, now we're just back to where we were. But thank you to everyone who has written in. <laughs> It's nice to share that yeah. feeling with everybody. Yeah. You just want to get to get out of here. Yeah. Hmm. Got a sponsor. Sponsor. Dan, would you like to tell me about something that you like? I would like to tell you about Smile. You know what, Merlin? It's it's uh it's the time of year where people like to give things to other people. Hey Smile. Give the gift of Smile. Smile. And give someone the most precious gift of all, more time. You can help your friends, you can help your colleagues, you can help your loved ones save time by getting them a text expander subscription. A what? Mm-hmm. A text expander subscription. And then once you get them that subscription, what that lets them do is they can save and share all these amazing text expander snippets that Merlin has uh, told us all about so many times. These incredibly time-saving, wonderful things, little things like type your email and phone address, uh, fo- phone address, email address and phone number for you. It'll, uh, it'll, it'll let you type your, you know, your mailing address so you don't have to type it in manually every time. It'll do little things like uh, pop emojis in so you don't have to go to that little emoji keyboard. You can use it to fill out, a, use a form for a, a reply to an email that you get all the time. Tons and tons and tons of amazing time-saving things you can do with, with Text Expander. And then you have these little snippets where you create those things. You can put them up there into your, uh, your, your text expander subscription and you can share them with your friends. It's very, very cool. And they also, these guys also, they make more. You know, anyone who's like struggling with PDFs, having to deal with PDFs, having to sign PDFs, produce PDFs, all that stuff. PDF Pen on the Mac lets you scan, OCR, edit. You can even export in, in Word format. It's a Swiss army knife for PDFs. Oh, you got people on the go. You got people who who don't want their Macs. It's fine. PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone. They also got PDF Pen Scan Plus. You go to gift this app on the App Store and you can give that to somebody. You feel bad for how much they're struggling with their PDFs? Gift it. Gift it. Gift it. So they've got a special URL to support the show. Smilesoftware.com. Smilesoftware.com slash B2W. Go there. Learn more. Go check out Text Expander and, and what they have for the subscription. Go gift uh, your friends some PDF pen stuff in the in the App Store and uh, and, and go have some fun. Make some make, go make some merry. Mm. Smilesoftware.com slash B two W. Thank you, Smile. I love that company. 
those are those are apps I use <clears throat> all the time. I was using the uh, PDF app, you know, just this week. There's so many times where like you want to deal with something. I was dealing with something where I needed to get stuff off the web, and I don't know. I guess I guess we're not doing print style sheets anymore. Like there's so many sites. Oh I mean, right. Back in my day, back in when I was, time was, a man would make a print style sheet. You'd get all Zeldman on it, and you have a nice print style sheet that would style your your beautiful, you know. Yeah, that would HTML. make that would make his winter to know that you just mentioned him. Oh. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan. The um, but like that was a that was such a clever thing. You know, when you when you wrote really good, well structured code, you could have a nice print style sheet that would get honored by a browser, and you would have something that looked really normal. Now, I mean, like it's funny how many websites you'd be amazed just for fun when you're on a website, j- just for fun, just hit print, and it's like Ugh! like without the style sheets, there. I don't think people do that like they used to, especially no. if it's one of those. You know, like these days, everybody has kind of a fancy fancy homepage, and then lots of areas. Like there's so much standardization that's gone out. There. But I needed a way to try and like get some, you know, a decent looking screenshot out of something, and uh, I found myself going in and then doing stuff with the uh, PDF pen. Like it's it's. I well, guess what I'm saying is there are a lot of times where I will be on a page I want to do something with. It's not really an instant paper thing. It's not really, but I'll just uh, I'll create a you know basically send it to a PDF pen and then you can just shoot it off to wherever you want. I started using iCloud a little bit more for files just as kind of an experiment. Yeah, and it's 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 really convenient. I mean I haven't really like stress tested it. I haven't had need to, but um, I think it's it feels like it's come a long way. And yeah, these really. are the kinds of apps that just makes your life so much better. Thank you, guys. Bok, bok. Um, let's, before, you, you want to talk about your phone, right? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Can I mention one more thing yeah. um, before we um, move to that? Um, you know, this is just really quick. But TapBots uh, used to have a great app for iOS called PaceBot that used a funny hack to basically run in the background back when apps weren't supposed to run in the background. And it would let you have a clipboard that you could access. And I think they've kind of given up on that. I think, but PaceBot has been brought back for uh, the Mac, for I guess Mac OS, as you say now. And it's really cool. I um, I do say I, that. I mean, I've been using Flycut as a clipboard manager for a pretty long time, but of course, I like everything. What is what, serious question? What is a clipboard manager? Well, you know, when you're doing stuff. Like even the kind of dumb stuff that I have to do three or four times a week, there's I'll frequently have occasion to do something um, like I'm putting together. Let's say I'm putting together show notes for something like yesterday. I had to do the show notes for Roderick on the line. And so the title of the episode and the description of the episode, the URL for the episode, these are all things that I will need several times while I'm preparing the show notes. Right. I need things like the link to the audio file. I'm going to need that at least once. Um and the thing is, you know, if you're not, if you don't have a clipboard manager, you're not so much better off than you are just on iOS. You get one clipboard. So what are you going to do? You go copy the URL out of, out of uh, your browser and go paste it into your text app. And then you go back and you get the title and paste that. And like, it's actually it, that I'm not making this overly difficult. It comes up a lot where you would like to have a way for, to, to copy a bunch of stuff into multiple um, pasteboards and then have access to them. So mm-hmm. a clipboard manager is a way of it basically uh, remembers everything that you've copied. Every every time you hit Command C, it copies that into this list. And then you have a way, often with something like Command Shift V, to then choose what you're going to paste out of those multiple clipboards. And it's really handy. So uh, the paste, paste bot for 
I still say OS 10 because I'm, I'm on LCAP, but it's really cool. So like you can set things like you can have it, for example, you can one, one nice thing from a security standpoint is you could tell it not to remember stuff from certain apps. So like keychain and one password, you, you could say like, don't in my 100 clipboards, don't keep my passwords in there. So that's kind of a neat feature. So you can bl- have what's called blacklist. Um, but the basic idea is like, so I've, I've gone and I've copied stuff and now I'm ready to start pasting stuff. And it's just a really nice, pretty reliable, uh, to start with, it does the basic stuff you want from a clipboard manager. So if I'm in TextMate and I want to paste some stuff, I hit Command-Shift-V and I get this pretty little window that pops up that I can scroll through. And with my mouse, I can click or I can hit the number for the line that I want to paste. But, you know, because the chances are the thing you're going to want is like the most recent thing. So I can either click it, I can you know select it with arrows and hit return, or I can hit a number. And it's in, you know, reverse chronological order. Um, that's really cool. Another neat thing it does that I have not spent much time with is you can apparently cannily use those numbers to very easily use multiple clipboards in something like a form. I haven't experimented with this yet. But if you go and look at the homepage, you'll see an explanation of this. But that's a way to be able to, like, I think kind of non-interactively be able to paste stuff in from previous clipboards. Another thing that's really neat, and this is such classic old school 2000s Mac fun, is it's got a filter. So, like, right now, let's see, I got a list here. or I got, you know, like a, a few lines of something in here. I click on the filter icon mm-hmm. and I get a pop-up. HTML filters. Do you want to create a list? Do you want to decode the URL, encode the URL? Do you want to wrap this in paragraph tags? It's got all the smart punk. It's got all the um, all those services to like uh, convert this to smart punctuation, convert to dumb punctuation, plain text, uppercase, lowercase, title case, et cetera, et cetera. Do you want to remove emoji from this? Wrap image links in this. So anyway, it's just it's just one of those like this is the stuff I have always loved on a Mac. It's a great clipboard to begin with, but then on top of it, you can do stuff with those clipboards and like develop your own workflows for how you put this stuff together. Pastebot by our friends at Tapbots. Tapbots. It is in sh- huh? Tapbots. Tapbots. It is in show notes. Good work. Very nice. Um, Dan, Dan, Dan. For the longest time, you mm. talked on this program about how you did not want an iPhone six of any S or otherwise. Well, I bought the S, were- and then I. I- Got rid of it. And then you were saying what you really want, what I want. What I want. What's important to me is a guarantee. No more, no more attempts on more my father's life. Um, and so eventually, didn't you pop for the iPhone? I got the SE, just like you. Which is adorbs. No, it I don't is. have that, but it's adorable. I thought you had that. Every time I see one, I saw one yesterday, I said to this guy, oh, God, I missed that phone. I missed the iPhone 5. He's like, oh, no, this is the new one. I just got it. I was like, oh, God, it's so gorgeous. No, that's, that's what I've been using. Prettiest. And you, it seemed like you were loving it. I did, well, I did, I did love it. And then I had um, started getting, because I look at the phone a lot, especially like when I'm on a show and I don't want to be looking at a computer or just in general, like the phone is, uh, I, I look at it a lot. I look at it a lot. And my vision is not what it was when I was a very young man. And I went to the doctor and the doctor said, oh, you know, you need to, the reason you're getting headaches is because your vision has changed. And even though your vision has changed, uh, you know, you should be getting, you should get pro- progressive. I don't even want to talk about progressive lenses, but the point was, you know, like it's a lot of the screen stuff that you do that, you know, that and other things will lead to the headaches. And I said, okay. And, 
uh, someone that I knew had just recently gotten the seven plus, which is the, the huge, essentially, you know, briefcase sized, uh, version of the phone. And I was looking at the pictures that he was taking with this and, and the pictures were just absolutely stunning. And my wife is always uh, saying, we need to take more pictures of the kids that are good and we should get the, the DSLR back out of the closet again and start using that. And, and so I started to think about the camera on the phone and how nice it was, especially the portrait mode. And I remember the doctor had said something like, oh yeah, unless you can make the text bigger. I said, okay, wait a minute. So I noticed that while I was using his phone that it was much easier for me to read. And the problem that I had had is I had bumped, there is a setting on the phone where on the bigger phones, like the 6S or the 7 or the 6S Plus or the 7 Plus, there is a setting on there that allows you to essentially turn zoom mode, what they, is what I believe it's called. I'm looking right now to double check, but you can sort of display zoom is what they call it. And it comes, it ships in standard, but if you switch from standard to zoomed, <clears throat> everything gets a little bit bigger. And it's just, it describes it on the phone setting as zoomed. It shows larger controls. Standard shows more content. So you get bigger controls and a slightly bigger font. But I wasn't thinking just about that. There's also under the, this is all under display and brightness in settings. Uh, there's one called text size where you can move the text size uh, up one or two notches. And I thought, well, larger text would be nice. And so I had done that on the SE and I had bumped it up a couple notches and that was very, very helpful and made a big difference. However, the iPhone is not, and the apps, they're not very well suited for slightly, even slightly larger text size uh, even the OS stuff, not very well suited for it on such play, a small screen. I played with screen. it just a little bit, and I was I was pretty amazed how many things either look weird or just don't accommodate it. Correct. It feels like you're using like an old Android phone. It's, it feels really random. Correct. And on the SE in particular, on such a small screen, it was it was very frustrating. So I went to the Apple Store and I experimented with these settings, and I found that on the sevens uh, that they, it, it, you could bump the text up at least one, if not two levels, and it would work uh, for me in a way that I found very easy on the eyes. And I thought, okay, this plus the camera is an incentive enough for me to consider trying this out. Because at this point, I'm trying to do, you know, I, I don't buy a lot of stuff. I don't spend a lot of money on stuff. But if this is something that can really improve the quality of my life and eliminate eye strain and headaches, which I've been dealing with for a long time, then you know what? I'll, I'll take the plunge and I'll try it out. And I know also Apple has a really good return policy. And so I ordered one of them and because of course they don't have them in, in the store ever. So I ordered one and it took not quite you know, a week and a half, maybe less than two weeks. And uh, it showed up at the end of the week, uh, about a week ago, I guess. And it has made all the difference in the world. It's Way, wow. way too big of a phone, I must say. It's it's a lightweight phone, but it's just huge. And you feel ridiculous. I feel ridiculous using it. It's it's exceedingly large. It sticks out of my po back pocket when I put it in there. But the screen is truly amazing. It's helped my vision so much. I haven't been getting any headaches at all. And uh, and it's it's a beautiful, lovely screen. Night Shift seems to work even better on it than it did on the SE, like it's more effective somehow. And the camera is amazing. I have taken pictures of my kids that are just 
Really you really, great. you really notice it in still photos. You yeah. really notice the difference. Yeah. Wow. Really, you know, it's the portrait. You kind of want one. The portrait mode is a little bit. Um, it's the regular camera, just regular photo mode. It's very, very fast, very easy to take tons of photos. Uh, photos. The portrait mode definitely requires a little bit of staging. You're not going to be taking pictures of your dog running across the the yard or something. But if you can, if your kids are old enough where you can say, okay. Stay still, smile, you will take the most, I'll send you a few. But the pictures are just great and the way it handles the bokeh. And, and so what it does is it saves two versions of the picture. It saves a regular version without this sort of smart bokeh filter type stuff applied. And then it sends another one with that applied. And a friend of mine who's a photographer, she was playing with the, the phone a, a day or so after I got it. And she said... Okay, I have to go get one. And she literally left and went and bought one that at that minute. Uh, it's that good. It's the best. It's like I know I don't feel like I need a digital SLR. At least my ability on the digital SLR is not better than what I can do with this phone. And it's it is shocking. I am dealing with the fact that it's bigger. I'm dealing with the 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 the, the just overall largeness of it. But it's it's improved my life. And I I miss my little SE. I loved that thing. I still have it. But I don't. I don't think I could go back to it after this. I just don't. Man, and and it makes me feel like like the seven size or the six S size. Um, I forget who it was is saying that it's the phone for nobody. I've heard people say that. It it really like for me it would either be the SE or the big plus size phone. And I told my mom that I got one, and she says, "What made you want to get one?" I said, "My vision." She said, "Oh, I totally understand." Yeah. Well, I've, I've got a success and I, I, it's really great. I mean, it's great in the sense that it's fine. <laughs> um, for some reason, <clears throat> I probably need to, to blow out the whole, hmm, but it's been a little dodgy at wanting to charge. So, um, on the stand, I've got a little studio needs stand for it. And I, I probably just need to like adjust the dingus, but like, um, I've been taking the case off and putting it on there. Yeah. And it's like, ugh, it's like, I think my favorite part of my phone is the case. It's like trying <laughs> to use that thing without a case is silly. Yeah. It's, it's so slippery. It's so weird. The thinness is not helping me. Yeah. It's the, the thinness that is achieved to get what you get out of a success is not helpful to me. The little, the blocky little 5S that I had, mm. it'll probably always be my favorite phone I've ever had. And I kept it for a real long time and loved it. And it did so much great stuff. You know, the siren song of the, um, of the new phone, you know, got me whenever that was a year or two ago. Right. Um, I don't, I don't have, I don't need that phone at all, but it is when I see the photos in particular, I, I, I'm not interested in doing the bouquet thing. That's a little cute for me, but like, just, just what a try, I know, but just try, try it though. Yeah, just try no, I get it. I, I'm sure it would be fun, but like it's, uh, but just the quality of what you get out of, even with my wife's success plus her photos are so much better than mine. Yeah. Like both of us took the exact same shot of the same thing at the same time. Hers is just so much better. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then honestly, this dingus that I acquired, um, this thing called a, doesn't matter, but it's called an Osmo mobile, which is like a little, it's almost like, it's like basically a, a handheld, like steady cam. Um, it's got oh, a gimbal. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. When what did you this get thing that does. thing? I don't know, like a few weeks ago, I got it for a challenge. Is it, for it awesome? Friday. Is it awesome? Yeah, absolutely. It's totally amazing. And you just put your phone in it 
and you do one little adjustment to say like, okay, if your phone is not flopping around right now, we're good to go. It turns on, it snaps to attention. And then you have a little, like a little thumb four way right. for like panning and going up and down. Anyway, but, but the point is that that piece of equipment that does so much of what you needed a steady cam and its inventor mm-hmm. to do in the <laughs> late seventies and eighties for low right, you three. Need the guy, you need the guy to come out with it to <laughs> To run yeah, it. we go and read about the dude and you see those pictures of him like wearing that giant harness. And I remember buying, I read about something I want to say maybe on Cool Tools a number of years ago. It was a, like a homemade steady cam where you basically got a mount. It was so funny. It was so primitive. You got a mount and a handle and then two little barbells that would like, you know, sort of, you know, serve as the counterweights. But this thing's got this crazy little gimbal. I don't know exactly how it works, but it works. It works really, really, really well. And I just, I would love to hook that up with the new phone, but mm. I just, I feel like it's just too much money. I can't. Well, I but, agree. I agree. And it was, you know, like you can sell your old phone to like a Next Worth or a Gazelle or trade it in an Apple and that helps a little bit. But what I actually did is the, uh, I, a bunch of my friends had all been doing this, you know, like Apple Next or, or AT&T Next or there's different options, but Apple has uh, a couple different things where you can either you can buy the phone outright, you can buy it where you're paying it off over two years, but you don't pay any interest. It's just take the yeah. cost of the phone, divide it by 24, that's what you pay. And then they have this other one where you get like a new phone, optionally, you get a new phone every year, uh, but you're, you get Apple Care required. So take the cost of the phone, add Apple Care, divide it by 24, that's what you pay. So they're not making any it's not like it's not like a car loan where you're paying x percent additional interest per year. It's, it doesn't have any additional interest. It's just the cost of the phone that you're buying in the Apple case. And so uh so you can do one of those and that that kind of helps a little bit because you know, it's now a, a monthly cost instead of a big upfront hit and yet you still don't really have like some kind of crazy contract with AT&T or whoever. So that, that helped me a little bit, but the benefits that I've seen from it for, for just like being able to look at the phone and use it and not have like headaches and not have to deal with like bifocals has been a wonderful thing. I'm totally, I'm totally with you. I've told you this before, but like, I feel like when I get up in the morning, I look at my phone, I'm a little groggy. I mean, I'm really noticing the eyesight thing. I'm not complaining. You know, it's what happens. I'm alive. I'm grateful. But like, I do really notice I could really use a little help and it would be nice to do that without, without feeling like I'm encroaching on the amount of available screen space. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, here's the thing. Apple lets you do these returns. They're very, very generous with their return policy, as long as it's in the same condition. And that's how I went into it. Like, I will try this. I don't think I will like this. I think the phone's going to be too big for me. I don't think that I'm going to get enough benefits from it. And if I don't, I'll I'll take it back and they'll let me return it. And I used it and it was very, very quickly. I noticed the difference and very, very quickly. I was appreciative of the camera and the extra screen space. And I'm still kind of trying to figure out how to, how to make do with, with, something that's just this phone that's just so large but the case that i have for it i'll add it you know i'll add it right now to the show notes um i'm very particular about cases because i believe that the the only reason that i have a case is because i want to protect the phone because inevitably i will likely drop it did you get the Um, shiny the shiny one no i uh the the two apple cases they of course have a leather one and a silicone one um that i don't like either of those because they don't provide enough protection 
at all uh, for drop protection. They're more, I keep, I keep it in my pocket and I don't want the back to get scratched. Well, I don't care if the back You're, gets you're talking scratched. about the silicone ones. Yeah, I don't know. They're not enough. Those in the leather. No, but they enough. also, I mean, I, Alex, my friend Alex says they've gotten better, but I always thought they felt too much like creepy human skin. They do. The way they feel is That's like, exactly Ooh. right. You're right. No, I'm sorry to put that image in your head, but like, I, I don't like touching those things. Yeah. It's like, I'm not super sensitive to touch, but like the leather case, you don't even notice it. Like you just forget about it. But that one, ugh, and then it's hard to get out of your pocket. Well, the one I got is I've, I've been with this brand, using this brand for all of my phones for years. It's Tech 21. And they make one Tech called 21. the Tech, and I'll, it's in the show notes, Tech okay. 21 Evo Elite Case for iPhone 7 Plus. It's, uh, the, you know, the only place you can get this particular one, I think, is from Apple because it, it's the only place I've seen it. And it also says only at Apple when I'm looking at the oh, website. And it's, it's, oh, this is pretty. But it's, it's the minimum that I feel like I need to do two things. One, keep the phone from being super slippery and give you a really good grip. And two, protect it if and when you drop it. And of course, it doesn't protect the screen, but you know, that's hopefully it won't crack wow. the screen when you drop it. I, no, per- this is great. It's got, it's, yeah, but it's, it's not ugly. It no. doesn't feel like, cause some of those, there's, what's that one Syracuse always gets for his kids? The Otterbox one? Yeah, 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 right. They're really good, but it, it looks kind of, as they used to say, ruggedized. Yeah, that's it the looks, Otterbox. It very much looks like it's meant to be like thrown out of a plane in Iraq or something. <laughs> yeah. Fire in the hole. <laughs> This one's pretty good, and it it makes it a little heavier, and it 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 hides some of the beauty of the phone. But you're saying I could go in there with my paid for six S, yeah, and like get credit with mm-hmm. that. I think I did that with a previous. Phone. You can. There's the 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 way to do it is obviously you want everything backed up. I backed up to the computer. Oh no, no, God, and iCloud, please! Right? I back but, my phone up twice a week. Yeah, so you show up in there and you say, "Here's." Here's my old phone. I want I want a new one. And if they have the one that you want in the store, then they will do the trade-in for you. I'm not sure how it works to trading in a phone if you have to order it online. I've never tried that. But I know because my mom was then wanting to find out how much she would get. Apple was quoting her on her old, she's got a 6 Plus with 16 gigs. Mom, what are you doing? 16 ah, gigs of- that's not of enough st- gigs. Mom. But uh, they were quoting her. Apple was going to give her two hundred and fifty bucks for that, and I think Gazelle or Nextworth was going to do like two hundred twenty-five or something. So there, you have options. But yeah, you can you can you can unload it uh, pretty easily. I don't think I'll do it. I don't need it. But I'm glad. I'm glad you got. I'm glad you're liking it. I have to tell you, I'm a little bit surprised. It really. I'm very surprised. well, just because it seems like the size, maybe you was just in your head, but it felt like the size was a huge factor to you. That yes. it was just not going to fit into your life or lifestyle. Right. And and but, I. But then you also got to think about those eyes. And you don't. You know, I'm not even to get you started on progressive lenses. I got I got a pair. They're the worst. I can't get used to it. I can't. You either got to get that or get two sets of glasses or be half blind. That's the thing. I got them. I got them and I got used to them. I don't love them. How do you but, find, okay, how do you find the point because they're they're progressive, right? So it's like, how do you find the point where you're supposed to be using it for the screen versus the, the iPhone versus the reading something? Well, I mean, eventually, eventually, you know, basically these glasses have roughly speaking three, they're not exactly horizontal sections. I mean, it almost is like, a, imagine a Mark Rothko painting. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very helpful analogy imagine a mark rothko painting but so you've got this top part that is in my case for my far-sighted problem Cor- correct which i would ju- let's just let's just say that i really knew i needed glasses 
in the 90s <clears throat> when it was getting hard for me to read the signs at the end of the grocery aisle. Mm-hmm. The, like, is this the one where the T is? I can't tell because it's fuzz. Right. That's and things like, you know, traffic signs being less clear. That's that's a good sign you need if you're like that you have my vision problem. But then my other vision problem is that um I have I don't know, I think this I know I have an astigmatism. I don't know if it's related to the problem here, but then I do need help seeing up close. Right. So the top almost half of the glasses is for seeing far away. There's a very modest little horizon that doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. That's just untreated glass. And then the lower probably quarter is for looking at things about a foot away. Okay. And in my case, that means like when I, I don't have them on right now, but when I'm wearing them, that means I learn pretty much exactly where to put something to be able to read like a book or a comic or something like that. Right. And I think to myself, is this really necessary? I mean, I know I need them. Like if I'm sitting there watching TV, but also looking at a book at the same time because I'm a monster, I think, do I really need these? I take them off. I can't really see the TV and I can only kind of see the book. Hmm. They, they do work and they are a pain. But the other, the other solution, the, the vain thing to do is to have one of those, right? So let's say you just get the far away one. Well, you're just, now you're going to have to take those off to see something up close because eyes. Right. It's not, I mean, like that seems inconvenient right now, but you would have to literally take them off because of all they're doing is focusing on helping you see things far away. They're not, they're, they're, their influence on you seeing something a foot away is not trivial. It will actually make it much worse. You have to take them off to look at something nearby. Don't fight it. Yeah. Don't fight it, man. You're alive. Be grateful. I am, well, I am grateful. I just don't want progressives. Go back to my bifocals. I am like, can I, can you make me some bifocals instead? And he's like, do you really want bifocals? I'm like, no, I want perfect vision, but maybe I can have the bifocals. I want to be tall. He's like, oh, uh, we only do about three bifocals a year out of this store, out of thousands of glasses. I'm like, really? Mm. So could you make me a pair? Well, we really want you to try the progressive. Do you really just need it? I really trust your demographic data on what you do. I mean, give me a break. Uh, Everybody, people are the worst, Dan. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, really, at this time of year, in this holiday season, we should really remember the people are the worst. are the worst. All of them. (sighs) No, you you just get used to the fact that you need progressives, not me. You get used to it, Mr. Doctor. (laughs) So you told him, you just need to get used to it. No, you need to get used to it. He's like, well, I don't need them yet. I'm like, oh. Thanks. Hmm. Like, why do I need them? Well, it's because you're... Corneas have gotten harder over the years. No, your corneas have gotten harder. Your your corneas are hard. That's yeah. your problem. I'm trying to tell no me puppet. my corneas are hard. No puppet. <laughs> no puppet. <laughs> all right. Well, happy uh, happy holidays. Happy we'll holidays. Figure out, we'll have to figure out what we're doing next week. But to uh, to all the jackals and monsters out there in the audience, um, uh, happy whatever you're weirdly touchy about this time of year. I hope it doesn't. <laughs> hope it doesn't go horribly. I hope you don't make any rash decisions that end up affecting you next year. And and uh, no resolutions. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> All right, let's button this up. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.